Okay, ladies and gentlemen, um, I have returned quickly. Um, I got some um, a memory foam uh, seat and uh, I guess backrest. So hopefully that will help here a little bit because even just bringing up my IMDB to kind of sort of prepare to record here, um, started having some crappy back pain um, from sitting in this chair. But I think we're going to just do an impromptu. I had a bunch of stuff that I had that I didn't cover last time because uh, my back started hurting. And um, I don't know, just thought that I would uh, jump on here and maybe uh, do another, you know, who knows how long it's going to last, but another little uh, podcast from Silver and Gold. Um, I just remember that uh, I think it was Scott Glenn's like 80 something was it 83rd birthday and uh, of course you know he's like a big favorite of mine uh from growing up and everything and um I was gonna look down some of his filmography um again he does have a movie in post-production right now called The Hill uh from 2022 I don't think that has anything to do with the Sean Connery movie The Hill uh directed by Jeff Salentano and uh, with Dennis Quaid, Scott Glenn. So that's a kind of a repairing from the right stuff. Dennis Quaid and Scott Glenn. Let's see who else is in this. So what it's a, a boot. A remarkable true life story of Ricky Hill's improbable journey to the ma- to Major League Baseball. And I guess Ricky Hill, is he like a little kid? It appears. Um, who else is in this thing? Uh, nobody that I really recognize. Um, hmm. interesting, but, you know, Scott Glenn, 83 years old and still making some movies. And uh, let's see what else he's got on, on the, uh, uh, coming up here. Greenland, that's 2020, so it's already out. That's the one with, uh, Gerard Butler and, uh, uh, Marina Baccarin, who is, uh, really hot. I really like her from uh, Firefly and uh, Deadpool and all that. Family struggles for survival in the face of a cataclysmic natural disaster. Me, I don't know. Sounds like, I mean, who knows? I haven't seen it, but that sounds like uh, something I've seen like a million times. Uh, It also has, of course, Scott Glenn. And again, probably nobody else that I know. Me. Claire Bronson, would she happen to be related to a, a certain catfish? I don't think so. Claire Bronson, uh, known for The Outsider, and Mr. Mercedes, and Ozark. I, I did not watch Ozark. My friend Randy said that Ozark was really good. Mr. Mercedes, that looks, I think I saw the trailer for that. That is, um, what's his face? Brendan Gleeson, who I always like, tells the story of a psychopathic killer who drives a stolen Mercedes into a crowd and recently retired detective who tries to bring him down. Down, down, down. Jump like catfish on a pole. Yeah. You know he's gone, gone, gone. That hip-shaking King Creole. That's Elvis, but I mean, it's me, not Elvis. But uh, that was from the uh, movie King Creole. I think that had uh, Elvis and I, I'm thinking it had Barbara Stanwyck in it too. 
But uh, let's see, who else do we have here? Nobody. That movie, I don't know. Uh, the, the Mr. Mercedes might be all right. I might check that out. I like Brendan Gleeson in just about everything that uh, he's in, including some crappy movies. What else we got? Scott Glenn. Castle Rock. That's a TV series. Did not watch. Uh, of course, Daredevil. He played Stick. That's the last thing I think I saw him in. Uh, and he was really good in that. I mean, he was, uh, it was really good casting for him to play that role because Stick is a blind, uh, kind of ex military um, martial arts dude. Uh, who trains Matt Murdock in, because uh, like in the old uh, Daredevil, you know, his dad was a boxer and he had those um, heightened senses because he got like some um, toxic waste or something splashed in his eyes when he was a kid. So all his other senses were elevated. But then I don't think it was until Frank Miller, uh, of course, you know, Daredevil, in the comics, he would jump off buildings and have that billy club that had like a grappling hook in it and stuff. So you, you know, of course, suspend disbelief with that because it's a comic book and he's wearing a costume and everything. First, he, he had that uh, yellow and uh, red costume and then the red costume. But anyway, I don't think that they really got into the martial arts like with the ninjas and the hand and Electra and um, Bullseye and that stuff until Frank Miller came along. And then it's sort of like he did sort of the same thing with uh, Batman, you know, because I don't think and I, I'm not as um, up on uh, DC, even the classic DC from a long time ago. Uh, but I, I don't remember. I remember Batman being, you know, of course, the detective and and, uh, you know, but and having the gadgets and stuff, but more or less, you know, he might have had some fighting skills but it wasn't necessarily like he was some martial artist or whatever and then um when frank miller kind of took that over too there's a lot of parallels between daredevil and you know uh, frank miller's batman um but you know i remember frank miller mostly from when he did the you know when he had the uh you know the old batman who was fighting against the um, uh, you know, Superman who was more, uh, went along more with the United States government and all that, um, dark Knight and all that stuff. And then of course, you know, he went and trained, uh, in the movie with, uh, Raza Ghoul and became a ninja and all this shit, just sort of the same way that, you know, um, Daredevil went and trained with stick, uh, so he could fight the hand and they had the, the, the good ninjas were called the chased and they had different, uh, you know, like a handful of those guys going up against a whole bunch of um, ninjas in the hand that were kind of like, uh, just like, I don't know, not sort of cannon fodder because there was just a million of them. And if you uh, beat them or they were going to get captured, they would like uh, uh, turn into mist. They would kill themselves somehow. Uh, and they were, they, in the uh, one Frank Miller comic Electra assassin they worshiped a you know the the beast uh which was their i guess like their god it was a demon so it was pretty cool but like i said um i really liked the netflix daredevil series and um uh the defenders when they had daredevil and luke cage and um 
Iron Fist, Electra, and Jessica Jones all in like one one show. Um, I like almost all all those. The only the the one that I didn't like as much, and I think a lot of people felt this way, was the Iron Fist uh, uh, series. But I think they said that they're going to pull all those off of Netflix because uh, Disney got the rights to all the Marvel characters, I guess. Um, but those were done really well. I like Scott Glenn in that. He was good. Uh, Born Legacy. I kind of like it. Those Born movies after the first one, I sort of lost track of them. You know, I watched them, but you know, they were kind of all the same. Um, Clive Owen was, had a little cameo in the first one. And there was somebody that had a cameo. It was Clive Owen. And there was another dude. Maybe it was in Born Ultimatum. There was somebody, oh, Edgar um, Ramirez, who, um, and Patty uh, Constantine is in in uh, the uh, Ultimatum, and, um, or was it Ultimatum? Yeah. Yeah. For an Ultimatum. Uh, Joanne, or Joan Allen is really good. Uh, I don't like Julia Stiles. Of course, Scott Glenn. Daniel Bruhl. That one had a pretty good cast in it, but like I said, it's kind of the same shit over and over and over. Um and uh, David Strathairn, I always want to say Statham, like almost Jason Statham, but I always get that messed up. Uh, so Jason Bourne needs to die, pretty much. Matt Damon needs to die. Or uh, Jason Bourne, not Matt Damon. I don't know. I've kind of soured on Matt Damon. I don't think he's that great. He's, he's better than uh, Ben Affleck, but um, he's not that great. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. The paper boy. Was that the one? Yeah. Okay. I re- that was, uh, he played the dad. Uh, Scott Glenn played the dad in the paper boy. And we talked about that one on it. That was that really super duper sleazy, uh, uh, Southern movie with, uh, Matthew McConaughey, Nicole Kidman, Zach Efron, John Cusack in a totally nasty, you know, evil, fucking piece of shit roll. Um, that's a good movie though. I watched when my back was all fucked up really bad and my sister was staying with me and, uh, you know, um, taking care of me and stuff. That's one movie that I introduced her to and we watched it was, it's good. It's just so sleazy, but it's really a good movie. Um, let's see. What else do we have here for Scott Glenn? Uh, Secretariat. I didn't see that W. He played Donald Rumsfeld. I remember that. And he was good in that because Donald Rumsfeld was such a piece of shit. And of course, you know, who knows? People are saying we're we're going into World War III as we speak, but I don't think that's going to happen. I just think that uh, Russia is flexing its muscles uh, so that they won't, you know, like NATO won't... Uh, let Ukraine in to NATO uh, and they want to make sure of that. And it's an opportunity for them. He's trying to, you know, rebuild the Soviet union and all this crap. And we, I just was listening to uh, Biden's um, speech uh, about all the sanctions and everything that they're going to have. So hopefully it won't get too out of hand. Uh, uh, It is kind of, difficult for us to say you can't invade this sovereign country and shit like that when we did the same thing in Iraq 
Uh, of course, that was another administration and everything, but they don't give a, you know, that, that's not taken into consideration that, that, you know, whatever. I don't want to get too much into politics here. Oh, let's see. Yeah, the Scotts Glen, lots of TV stuff. Uh, Buffalo Soldiers, Train Like Rasta. That movie was the one with Joaquin Phoenix and Anna Paquin, and I didn't... It, it's, um, I think I heard that the book was really good, but it's just kind of a, you know, just a, no, there's nobody in it that, I mean, everybody in it's a piece of shit. Uh, it's about like the, um, the military, I think in like Germany, I haven't seen it in a long time, uh, you know, when there's no war going on and, uh, we have so many people that were like, um, um, uh, you know, the situation where they say, okay, you, you, the judge says either you go and you have two choices. You can go to prison or you can go into the military. And so there's a lot of scummy people over there. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character, I think, is kind of like a scrounger sort of, uh, I guess, sort of like a drug dealer kind of a guy. And there's different factions in the uh, army uh, these guys that are either making drugs and selling them and, and things like that. And Ed Harris is the clueless, the colonel of the of that base or whatever, but he's kind of clueless and stupid. And Scott Glenn is a real, he's a uh, sergeant and he's a real uh, mean motherfucker. And he kind of knows what they're up to. But then his daughter is Anna Paquin and Joaquin Phoenix kind of gets in with her. And so that makes a weird relationship. Uh, Michael Pena is also in that, um, Dean Stockwell, but again, I've, I saw that, I think, oh, Idris Elba's in it too. Uh, I saw that it was a long time ago and I just remember that I thought, oh man, this might be really good. And then it was such a, such a downer and everybody in it was such a piece of shit that I just really didn't like it. And dee dee dee, Scott Glenn. Uh, let's see. Vertical limb. How did I, okay. Training day. I, eh, you know, I always said that that's one part of training day that I didn't like was his character because it, he just seemed kind of, you know, miscast. But then you think about some of the, some of the people, you know, uh, drug dealers and things like that. Um, you know, so I guess, you know, maybe he wasn't bad at all. I just didn't think he was that great. Uh, let's see. Vertical limit. That sounds. Oh, that was the uh, uh, Chris O'Donnell uh, mountain climbing movie, and I did see that. Bill Paxton is in it too, and I don't remember that much about it. I think maybe you talked about it on the show, but it wasn't like one that I. I, I don't think it was one that we um, actually covered. It was just something that I had watched that I talked about. You know, watching. Um, it wasn't that great. I'll see what's the story. A climber must rescue his sister on top of uh, K2, one of the world's biggest mountains. <laughs> That's, you know, pretty fucking uh, vague or whatever. Oh, Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn was always kind of craggy. Even when he was young, he was craggy. Uh, not crabby, craggy. Oh, let's see. Let's go down here and find some. Of course, I loved him in... Um, um, John Travolta, Urban Cowboy. Uh, we talked about that. Firestorm, was that Howie Long? I think it was Howie Long. 
the football player for the Raiders. William Forsyth is also in that. I don't believe I saw that. If I did, it wasn't that great, and I don't remember that much about it. Uh, I don't. For some reason, I don't think I saw it. Um, I remember, you know, seeing the box cover art and everything, and I know what it is. But Barry Pepper is also in that one. Uh, let's see, what's it say? Yeah, firefighter Jesse Graves has to save uh, Ornith. Ornithologist Jennifer and other people caught in a forest fire, which was set up by a lawyer of convicted killer Earl Shea, who escaped from prison with several of his inmates posing as firefighters to recover $37 million in stashed loot. Uh, and who is okay? William For- Forsyth is the heel in that one, Earl Shea. So maybe I'll find that one and watch it. It doesn't rate very well. It's about average, but, you know, I don't... Uh, Howie Long, I remember he was also in... Uh, he was pretty good as a sci, uh, John Travolta's evil sci, uh, villain, John Travolta's sidekick or main or second-in-command bad guy in the one with uh, Travolta and... Um, what's his face? <laughs> Um, shit. What's that guy's name? The one that kind of talks like Jack Nicholson. Uh, let me find it here. Broken Arrow. And that was a John Woo movie. Um, Christian Slater. I like that, uh, Samantha Mathis. I always liked her. She was cute. Delroy Lindo was also in that one. Uh, of course, that one has the uh, stamp of John Woo all over it as far as the action scenes and the slow-mo and everything. But I'll tell you what, I like that one way better than uh, Face Off. I was not a fan of Face Off. Um, but uh, this one was better, I think. Um, I'm ta- I was talking about uh, you know Christian Slater. Samantha Mathis. I liked her. She was really cute. Uh, how old is she? I like to see if I... Okay, she was born in 1970, so she's five years younger than me. So I could have got her. I'm pretty sure. Uh, America, yeah, she was in American Psycho. She was uh, Patrick Bateman's first girlfriend. I uh, did not see Pump Up the Volume. Was that Mila Jovovich in that? Uh, no, she was in the other one with uh, Christian Slater, I think. Um, no, 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 no. What am I thinking of? Not Pump Up the Volume. It was um, not Tux. What was it called? It was like a name like that. Because uh, in the trailer, they would. Uh, it was at Tufts, and he'd be like, "That's me." Uh, Hard rain. That was him and Morgan Freeman. Oh, where have you been, my blue white son? Uh, Name of the Rose, that was uh, What's-His-Face and Sean Connery. That was pretty good. It was dark and nasty. Heathers, what went on? Pump up the vault. Oh, uh, Cuffs. Okay, I said Tufts. <laughs> he played Charles Lucky Luciano in Mobsters. That 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 whole story has been done so many times with uh, different people playing Lucky Luciano and, uh, you know, uh, Bugsy Siegel and all that. That was kind of the... Um, um, brat pack sort of version of mobsters when the, all those guys were young and coming up uh, heathers that was a good movie that had uh, the shoplifter in it um winona rider and shannon dowdy 
Uh, that was a good movie. It was a dark, like kind of dark humor. Uh, any other cute chicks in that one that uh, became something else? Uh, I don't see anybody. But anyway, that was a pretty good movie. Um, I like Christian Slater. I always, I always kind of liked him. I, Fern Gully. I didn't see Fern Gully. <laughs> Who is Cletus Tout? I don't know. That has Christian Slater, Tim Allen, and Portia de Rossi. This is a comedy about mistaken identities, a hitman who sees everything in terms of movies, and a 20-year-old diamond heist. Hmm. Richard Dreyfus, Billy Connolly, RuPaul. Maybe a good movie without RuPaul in it. Anyway. That's getting into the weeds because I've never even heard of that one. So, I, well, I don't know if it's any good or not. What does IMDb say? That's a, a little bit above average, so maybe it's pretty good. Maybe not. Let's get back to Scott Glenn. Ba, ba, ba. Patrick Bateman. I always get him and uh, Paul Allen confused. Weird. And let's see, Howie Long. Was Howie Long, okay, In and Out. What's In and Out? He played a gr the groom in In and Out. Uh, Ricardo Franco, Sam Bottoms, who was always a pretty good actor. This was from 1984. Uh, so they must have, you know, gave Howie Long a little role. Pat Hingle was in this. What's it, a boot? The comical story of a scatterbrained hero who is invited to his pa's funeral. Never having known his father, but still suspecting foul play, he travels to Mexico to learn the truth with hilarious results. Well, there you go. Um, Howie Long. That's weird. You know, I guess maybe that was when he was first coming up. He's a good looking guy. He does have movie star good looks. He could have been like The Rock. Uh, Howie Long was also in Glenn Fry's music video, Sexy Girl. Who did he play in that? You belong to the city. Wah, 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 wah. Howie Long was on 90210, What I Did on My Summer Vacation and Other Stories, and he played Howie Long. He played Kelly in Broken Arrow. Let's see what's going on with Broken Arrow, because I did like that one. I haven't seen it in a long time. If there's any knowledge <laughs> that I can gain from this. What is, okay, wait, it said goofs. Uh, <laughs> Goofs. Military pilots aren't allowed to box due to risk of head injury. Because at the very beginning of this, they have a boxing scene um, where, and then later on it comes back, where uh, Travolta is kind of schooling the younger uh, pilot. Um, what's his name? <laughs> that fucking Christian Slater. Why can't I remember his name, Daddy-O? Um... Let's see. Any loss of consciousness will DNIF, duty not including flying, a pilot and requ require a medical review. So, and um, it says, especially in fact, that Deacons and Hale, that's Travolta and Christian Slater, are boxing without headgear. John Woo's earlier cut came uh, in at the two hour mark and featured more character development and more violent uh, scenes. That's cool. You can't beat that. I like more violent scenes. Uh, Christian Slater turned down the role uh, in Assassins to work with John Woo. So I'm wondering, that was Stallone and Antonio Banderas, I think. So I wonder if he played the 
I would imagine he played the, I don't know, if he would have been band, the Banderas role or if he would have been the Stallone role. Hmm. Christian Slater did almost all of his own stunts. Howie Long, this uh, character was supposed to be killed off early in the picture, but Fox execs saw the dailies and liked his performance, so they gave him some more shit to do. Let's see if there's anything about that chick. Samantha Mathis, ask friend, uh, Sandra Bullock for tips on doing action scenes, and then they both made love uh, to each other. That's just something I added, but I mean, it was more um, exciting than Bullock told her uh, to hum the James Bond theme before every take. The fart noise, Sandra Bullock. I never found her to be sexy. She's kind of a, you know, she snorts and stuff like that. I guess she would be a good friend. I don't know. Let's see. That was Samantha Mathis is Christian Slater's former girlfriend. Who will imagine that? Uh, Volta formed a close relationship with John Woo. Jennifer Aniston was considered. And uh, that's enough of that crap. There's a lot of stuff on here about this. I'm going to have to go in and read some more uh, about it later um, because I did find it interesting. But you know what? Uh, a lot of John Woo stuff over here didn't kind of fell flat for me. I like more of his uh, early stuff over in uh, Hong Kong or wherever the hell he made movies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's see. Howie Long. He was on Married with Children and played Howie Long. That Thing You Do, he played Lloyd, but it was uncredited. Firestorm, that was the one we were talking about. And it must not have, maybe it just didn't do that well. Well, I think Howie Long also, he got that gig on uh, football where he was, because he, well, he was in 3,000 Miles to Graceland. He was Costner's, um, I think he was Costner's, um, sidekick bad guy or lieutenant or whatever. And then, like I said, he started doing the, the football thing, you know, Fox uh, football daily or whatever, and or Fox, the, the you know, the football thing. So he probably took up a lot of his time. He was a good football player, though. Him and uh, Lyle Alzado uh, and Matt Millen and um, Van McElroy and um, what was uh, Lester Hayes, Mike Haynes. They were, that was a good team. Jim Plunkett, and they also had, um, what's his face, 32, the guy that uh, was screwing, so may, possibly screwing Nicole Brown Simpson, and then OJ got pissed. Um, God damn it, he was really good too. I can't, I'm just drawing a blank. Uh, Raiders 50, or 32, Mark. Uh, Van Egan. <laughs> Mark Van Egan was with the Raiders, but uh, uh, Raiders. Marv Hubbard. No, not Marv Hubbard. <laughs> uh, God damn it. Now, why does it. Um, Jesus Christ. I can't even picture. The fucker ran that great run in the, against the uh, Redskins. Uh, Marcus Allen. I kept wanting to say Mark. Marcus Allen. Yeah, he was really good. Uh, anyway, that was a waste of time. 
<laughs> so Howie Long, I don't know how I got off on Howie Long there. Maybe we should get back to some of the movies that I watched. Okay, I do want to see this movie, Curse, The Cursed, um, which just came out in the theater, I think. Well, it says 2021. So what? Okay, maybe that was when it was made, because I'm for some reason I'm thinking it is just out in the theater now, but I haven't looked. So that's uh, Sean Ellis, written and directed, and it stars Boyd Holbrook, who I like. I like him. He was uh, the guy that played um, in the Narcos um, show, and also in um, he was um, uh, Donald Pierce in uh, Logan with uh, Hugh Jackman. Kelly Riley, Alistair Petrie. Uh, what else we got here? Okay, I know who he is. Tom Sweet. He looks like the little kid that used to be in the fucking Borgishmord. Um, he said uh, it's a veritable smorgasbord, but he said Borgishmord when he was a little kid. That Not that guy, but the guy who looks like a Dutch boy haircut was kind of ugly. This one only gets a 6.4 out of 10, though. In rural 19th century France, a mysterious, possibly supernatural menace threatens a small village. Uh, John McBride, a pathologist, uh, goes to town to investigate the danger and exercise some of his own demons in the process. And that is uh, Boyd Holbrook. Dig it. He was also in that one with Ben Affleck. Um, That was a pretty good... um, like a special forces kind of a thing where they went to South America to uh, steal a bunch of money from a drug dealer. And what was that one called? Not robot chicken. (laughs) The predator. I didn't see the predator. I didn't think it looked the good. (laughs) Boomtown Logan Narcos. Narcos was good. Uh, I need to get caught back up on that. That the the there's a season I think that deals with the uh, the kidnapping and torture and murder of Kiki Camarena, and that one always kind of bothers me. So I'm I, uh, not sure I would I don't know if I want to watch it or not. I'm sure it's done well. That series has done really well. Uh, the one I watched was uh, about Pablo Escobar. And I read the uh, book Killing Pablo, which was done by the same guy that did Black Hawk Down, uh, written by the same guy who did Black Hawk Down. It was a good book. They talked about making it into a movie. Uh, now, there was a Benicio del Toro movie out not uh, a few years ago that was um, about Pablo Escobar. And I believe, the, the if I remember correctly, a guy, I think it was an American guy, uh, fell in love with Pablo Escobar's, maybe his uh, daughter or something. So I don't think it was like probably fictional. But then he, you know, finds out who her father is and all this and that. And it was it was pretty good. Um, what was the one with uh, Ben Affleck and Holbrook? Not Vengeance. The premise. Beckett. The cursed. We can the fugitive robot chicken. Time of day. I know he was in that movie, and I thought it was before. Maybe it was uh, before Narcos. Jesus Christ! I can't find shit on it. Gone Girl. I saw that. That was uh, wasn't that Ben Affleck, or was that Casey? That was Ben Affleck. 
That was when uh, Rosamund Pike acted like a nut job. Run all night. Jane got a gun. That was Natalie Portman. The Free World. More. Maybe he wasn't in the one I'm thinking. I thought he was, and I thought he was the brother of um, somebody. Let's see. Let me look up. Boyd Hole Brook and um, what's his name that played uh, Lewin Davis? <laughs> I might be thinking of Gone Girl. I already said that. Well, God damn it. I know Ben Affleck's in that. I must be thinking of somebody else. Ben Affleck, what that God, hey, what that goddamn movie was in. The way, no, The Way Back. Wasn't that it? Was that the one where they were? No, 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 no. The Way Back was, um, well, how was Ben Affleck in it? They must, he must be in a movie, a basketball movie called The Way Back. Because The Way Back that I know is um, uh, Ed Harris and um, uh, fucking uh, Colin Farrell. Let's see here. The one that I am thinking of, Ben Affleck. I cannot believe that, that this is this hard to fucking find, this cocksucker. And I don't even like... Uh, Triple Frontier. Okay, now, was Boyd Holbrook in Triple Frontier? I thought he was. It had Lewin Davis, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, and I bet you... F oh, no, no, no. Garrett uh, Hedlund. That's who I was getting mixed up with uh, in this one for Boyd Holbrook. Garrett Hedlund. He's good, too. Um, and Pedro Pascal is really good. I like him. He is, uh, he played Catfish. Catfish Morales. Uh, he is the Mandalorian. And he was also in, um, he was in um, Narcos. Garrett Hedlund was not in Narcos, was he? Am I thinking of that he was in Narcos or the other guy was in Narcos or was it Boyd Holbrook and the Mandalorian? I think it was Boyd. I think it was um, Boyd Holbrook in the Mandalorian and I'm just getting those two fucking screwed up. So that's why I couldn't find the damn thing. And that's why I got upset, but it wasn't anybody's fault. Uh, it was me. It was me all along. The Predator. Eat my shit. The Predator. I like when they make a movie. Like, they ought to make one called The Death Wish. Or The Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Or, uh, instead of Bullet, they could make a new um, Steve McQueen movie. Uh, 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 and they call it The Bullet. It shows a lot of imagination. I watched, also, Peacemaker with John Cena. I thought that was really good. It was, um, it was, it's a lot of fun. Um, kind of nasty and everything. Um, they do refer to, uh, Rick Flagg and Amanda Waller and, um, uh, she's in it a little bit. Uh, John Cena, of course, plays Peacemaker and he's a goof. Uh, I like it cause, you know, he's kind of like if, uh, uh, Captain America was a twisted, kind of a twisted fanatic. Uh, and um, they go into some stuff about him and his dad, which I liked. Um, and that was uh, Robert Patrick plays his dad. Um, Freddie Stroma is really good. Um, everybody in it's good. This is a good show. And it's not long. It's a, 
you know, I think maybe like five episodes or something. I can't remember. I binged it. But uh, it was, I thought it was done really well. And it's, it's uh, a lot of fun superhero stuff, but kind of, you uh, a, a know, a lot of funny stuff too, but it's really dark humor. Uh, James Gunn is the one that uh, directed all this crap. He did the Guardians of the Galaxy and that uh, movie Super. I, I need to rewatch that one. I liked that one when I saw it with uh, Dwight Schrute and uh, what's her name? What's his name? The dude that was, let's see, Elliot Page. They even changed that on IMDb now. So uh, even though it was Ellen Page at the time uh, when that movie was made, it is now Elliot Page, and that's cool. Written and directed by James Gunn. That was a very dark uh, superhero movie. Uh, Liv Tyler was also in that. Kevin Bacon, Michael Rooker. Who else was in this? Uh, Sean Gunn. I like him. He's not related to uh, James Gunn, is he? Let me just check. He's from Missouri, Saint Louis, and uh, is he related to James? Because he's also the, he was in that one, and then he was also in um, Guardians of the Galaxy. His relatives are James Gunn and Mark Gunn is his cousin, whoever that is. Who's he? Mark Gunn was in Bright Burn. That was the one where Superman, when he was a little kid discovered his powers and became evil that everybody gushed over and it wasn't that good. Uh, he, uh, Mark Gunn has not been, he's on, let's see, one, uh, two is in a TV series, two together, the series, uh, only just a handful of stuff. Um, Starsky and Hutch TV series. Okay. Well, and that's, that's to come out. I mean, that's new. Uh, Based on the 70s series, detectives David Michael Starsky and Kenneth Hutch Hutchinson uh, bust criminals with the help of a police snitch, Huggy Bear. Who is in this? Well, that dude. He's in it. (laughs) Mark Gunn. So anyway, this um, James Gunn and um, Sean Gunn uh, are related. So that's probably why... But that Sean Gunn is, he has a, a, a good look. I mean, a distinct look. And I think he's a pretty good actor. He was in The Suicide Squad. He was he played the Weasel. So anyway, I like the Weasel character in that. I felt sorry for him, but, you know, he was misunderstood. Uh, in, in that, um, okay, let's see who else was in the... Nathan Fillion was in uh, also in um, Super... And he was in Suicide Squad. Let's see, what else? Do we have any other surprises here? James Gunn was also in Super. Any hot chicks? Linda Cardellini? I don't know her. I probably do, but I'm not going to look her up. I don't care. Uh, Elliot Page. What's uh, he got coming up here? Let's see. Anything new? Umbrella Academy. I really like that. I thought that that was one of my favorite shows when it was on. And I read the, some of the graphic novels. Uh, Ark, the animated TV series. Uh, Naya, Legend of the Golden Dolphin, 2023. Uh, and that is Elliot Page. And they just use the voice of Elliot Page. Robo Dog. Uh, that's just in post-production Elliot Page plays Izzy. Two odd couple canines, one a robot and one a real dog, uh, as they embark on an adventure and find their place in the world. 
Ron Perlman and Steve Zahn are also voices in that. And Rain Wilson, who was in Super. Going back to James Gunn. What else that cocksucker do? Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Super PG porn. I don't know what that was. Slither. Is that the one about the worms? The the weird like worm kind of a thing? Sergeant Kabuki Man, public service announcement. Uh, Tromeo. Oh, he was a trauma guy. Oh, that's cool. There was a trauma guy, I think, that went to uh, college with us at uh, our little college here. And um, I can't remember what his name was there now. My sister still knows. I Every time I have to think of it, I have to ask her. And uh, not Lloyd Kaufman, of course. Uh, shit, I can't remember. Anyway, I thought maybe if I saw it, I would remember. Tromeo and Juliet. <laughs> I should have fucking made a movie. Um, I watched Clean and Sober from 1988 with um, uh, Michael Keaton. Kathy Baker and Morgan Freeman. This was really good. Directed by Glenn Gordon Caron um, and written by Todd Carroll. Uh, I, again, was familiar with this. Saw the uh, cover box art and uh, posters and stuff. Well, I remember when it was out, but I never watched it. And it's really good. Uh, Michael Keaton does a really good job in it, and so does, um, of course, Morgan Freeman and Kathy Baker. Uh, what did it... Um, Michael Keaton's character is like a, I think like a day trader on the stock market. And then he uh, is also like does a lot of cocaine and screws, you know, kind of like the, that uh, greed is good kind of a guy uh, back in the day. And um, then something through some uh, like a, a tragedy, um, he has to go into rehab. And the whole, the movie's basically about, you know, drug addicts and alcoholics and stuff uh, in rehab and uh, the stuff that they go through and the bullshit that they, you know, put up to try and excuse what they did or to get out of punishment and things like that. And then, uh, but it, 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 I guess it can, could be considered a little bit kind of cookie cutter. If you've seen movies about, you know, uh, addicts going into rehab, but it's done really well. And um, I liked how the storyline went. I thought it was I thought it was really good. Um, and I think um, I was thinking that Keaton. For some reason, I was thinking that they were trying to get him nominated for like an Oscar for this, but I don't think he did. When I looked it up, he got he got a, a, another award, um, but I think it was like a Europe some European film. Uh, you know, something award. Uh, let's see. Michael Keaton and Luca Berkovici appeared in Pacific Heights. That was a good movie. That was uh, uh, Matthew Modine and um, kind of an interesting uh, concept. Uh, Matthew Modine and uh, Melanie Griffith own like a, I think it was in San Francisco and they own a, a, a like an old house and they are renting out part of it. But then Michael Keaton and, uh, this other dude who is kind of his, um, flunky, uh, they rent the apartment, but then they just basically 
try and drive Matthew Modine and his wife out while they're like stealing like everything. Like the, it would be like if, if you had an old house and um, you say, okay, well, it's so big that we'll split it up into apartments and everything. Well, um, they go in and move right in. And then, I mean, they're like stealing the pipes and, you know, the wood on the, the fucking floors and all this shit. And, but also, like I said, trying to, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those exercises in, um, frustration that when Matthew Modine and Melanie Griffith are trying to kick them out, they know every, um, how the law works and you know, like you, you have to give them a certain amount of time to get out. You have to, uh, you know, you can't go as soon as they move in, that's basically their domain and their house, even though you own the building. So you can't just go in without permission and all kinds of stuff like that. So they know how to work it. They're, they're like, uh, you know, career criminals, but it's a good, it was a good movie. I remember seeing that one in the theater, in the theater, daddy. Oh, so let's go back. Uh, watch Scanners from 1981. Um, and this star, this is David Cronenberg written and directed starring Jennifer O'Neill, who was a hottie back in the day and was in a ton of shit. Uh, Stephen Lack and Patrick McGowan. And I like Patrick McGowan. Also, uh, Michael Ironside is, a has a pivotal role in this. Um, Stephen Lack, when you're watching, okay, I really like this movie. Uh, I've only, I think I've seen it like one time before, and um, and then when I watched it this time, I was like, man, this is so good. Um, but the one thing that kind of um, stands out is uh, Stephen Lack's act- acting. Uh, he is not up to par with everybody else as far as his acting ability goes. And then when I looked him up, he's a Canadian actor. And I, he didn't really have very, um, very many roles. Uh, and I think this was, well, he was in Dead Ringers. That was um, also Cronenberg, I believe. Yeah, with Jeremy Irons, the one about the twins, and Jean-Vierre Bougeot. Uh, I need to watch that one again. I saw that one a long time ago. But I, I think that uh, this um, Stephen Lack is known for this movie called uh, the rubber. It was a Canadian movie called the rubber gun. And I did, I never saw it. Uh, but it, um, I remember when, um, getting out of print movies by other means, uh, via the internet, uh, when that was a big thing and it probably still is, I don't you know, I don't do, I don't do it anymore. But uh, the rubber gun was one that was on there. And I don't know if I snatched that one up or not. I don't think I did. But I remember reading about it, that it was a Canadian, like a low-budget Canadian movie that was well thought of or whatever. But this uh, Stephen Lack, like I said, his acting really wasn't uh, that good in this. And there were uh, points in this movie where I thought that he was actually being dubbed like his voice was being dubbed and it might've been, I don't know. Let's see Uh crash scene in the record store, blah, 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 blah. Uh, interview with film. Stephen Lack recalled feeling under the gun during one of the first scenes on the set. Uh, 
He was billed as Stephen Lack with a, a V instead of a PH. Who cares? Oh, this one had some really good special effects in it. It was almost, you could almost um, think of this as like a sort of a superhero movie or something. You know, uh, if, if uh, like, um, oh, what was the one, uh, not Prometheus, the one uh, that was Professor X's son. Um, it was on a... Um, a uh, David Haller, the um, Legion. That was a series that was really good. Uh, uh, that was really good. And it had the um, Shadow King and everything in it. But uh, you could almost think of uh, scanners in that way that there are these people out there that have these psychic abilities, almost like superpowers. And then Patrick McGowan and his people are trying to find them. And then you have a guy, Michael Ironside, who is would be almost like a Magneto like character uh, who is kind of the bad guy that has the powers too. And um, McGowan recruits Stephen Lack's character and they train him to go after Michael Ironside and his like cabal of uh, baddies. But uh, it was a good movie. I really like it. I really enjoy this movie. Um, I'm trying to think of any other Cronenbergs I've seen. I, the one with, um, uh, is it, um, Shit. Um, no, no, no. Was he the one that did the one with Marilyn Chambers about the um, rabbit? Was not ravenous. Uh, let's see, Videodrome. I saw that when I was a kid, but I haven't seen it since, and I don't remember very much about it other than Debbie Harry was in it. Uh, Dead Ringers, Nightbreed, Blue. I, I'm thinking of somebody else that did the one with. Was it Soderbergh that did the one with Marilyn Chambers? Let me look up Marilyn Chambers. Um, Rabid. Rabid. I thought that was... Um, yeah, that's Cronenberg. Okay, yeah. Um, I like that movie. It was pretty good. Uh, what else? Cronenberg. Star Trek Discovery. He did, He was... Oh, maybe he was a actor in that one because it, he has stuff where he was an actor too. Uh, well, director, it says. Uh, the Death of David Cronenberg, Slasher, Falling, Alias, The Nest. Hmm. A lot of this stuff I haven't seen. Did Cronenberg just kind of hit the wall and <laughs> start making fucking TV shows or something? The Fly. Oh, that's him as an actor again. I think I clicked on the wrong thing. No wonder he's... I clicked on director. Okay, but wait a minute. I'm under actor. Director, okay, because I was going to say, he's done a lot of shit. Existence, Crash, Naked Lunch, Dead Ringers, uh, blah, blah, blah. Spider, was that uh, Ray Fiennes? Yeah, okay. Uh, that was the one where he's schizophrenic, a mentally disturbed man takes residence in a halfway house. His mind gradually slips back into the realm created by his illness, where he replays a key part of his childhood. I like Ray Fiennes. I liked him in The King's Man, and I liked him in uh, Skyfall. Cronenberg, let's get out of here and get back to my movies. Scanners, liked it. Would they rate scanners on them? 
6.8 out of 10. I, I think it was a little bit higher than that. I'm sorry. I watched Nobody um, from 2021, directed by Ilya Neshuler, and uh, it stars Bob Odenkirk and Connie Nielsen. I thought, and Michael Ironside is also in this too, Christopher Lloyd. Um, I thought this was good. I liked the act. It, it's um, like the storyline is kind of a mashup sort of of like Death Wish and every other movie you've seen about somebody who has a specific set of skills. Uh, the one thing I did like about this was the hand-to-hand fighting uh, action scenes. It was almost like a Kav Magra kind of a style that Odenkirk uses where, you know, it's not just him beating the shit out of people. He he gets his ass kicked pretty good too, but he is, you know, uses this really vicious fighting style. Um, and um, it was entertaining. I don't think it was great, but it was entertaining and it was kind of uh, odd seeing Bob Odenkirk in this type of role. But I could have seen this, uh, you know, if they would have played it more straight and more, you know, realism, it could have been more like a, um, almost like a mashup of three days of the Condor and uh, Death Wish or something like that. But it went more for like a action movie, especially toward the end when they started using firearms and uh, um, booby traps and stuff like that. But it was all right. It was kind of had sort of some funny stuff in it. Let's see. The Suicide Squad, James Gunn. I watched that one again uh, with Margot Robbie, uh, Idris Elba, John Cena, uh, Joel Kinnaman as Colonel Rick Flagg, Viola Davis, who I love, uh, Michael Rooker, Nathan Fillion. This is the one where, of course, at the beginning, it was, I know why they did it, you know, because it is a Suicide Squad and they had all these name people at the very beginning and uh, they, their uh what happens to them is kind of funny because of how it happens um i do enjoy this movie but it's flawed it's um some people again think this one is so much more superior to the first one and i don't think that is necessarily true um i liked the Harley Quinn stuff in this one. Cause she almost has her own movie going on where she's separate from everybody else there, uh, for a while. And, uh, at first I did not like, I, well, I just, again, I thought, uh, she was a lot sexier in the first one and thus more entertaining to watch that way. Um, I did like this one better than the Harley Quinn movie. I can't remember if I watched that one recently or not. I don't, yeah, I think I did. Um, but none of them are that, are that great, but they're fun. I mean, they're entertaining, just, you know, done in a funny, fun way, I guess. Snort. <laughs> I watched The Hitcher again with um, C. Thomas Howell and uh, Rutger Hauer and Jennifer Jason Luh. Uh, Eric Red is the writer, and he wrote Body Parts with Jeff Fahey, where he, uh, then he, they um, um, use a new surgical procedure to put uh, 
like arms and legs on this guy who needs arms and legs, but then the arms and legs, I think I'm going from memory are like the hand, the arms are from like a serial killer or something. And they start taking him over and killing people. (laughs) Eric red actually directed that one. Uh, and it was from a novel called choice cuts that was written by Thomas Narcajac. Uh, Jeff Fahey, Lindsay Duncan, Kim Delaney. She was cute. And who else is in this? John Walsh. That's not the John Walsh. Uh, Brad Dorif from West Virginia is in this. Um, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. That was on HBO a lot. Jeff Fahey was a pretty good actor. And then he kind of got pigeonholed a little bit and playing the, uh, you know, just kind of baddies. Let's see. What else? I'm looking up Eric Red some of the other stuff that he did as a director we had, he was more of a, a writer, but, uh, he also did, okay. Cohen, uh, Cohen and Tate, which I did not like that one. I like uh, Roy Scheider, but that's probably like one movie that he did that I really did not like bad moon. I think that's Michael Pere. Was that the werewolf movie with Michael Pere? And yes. And Mariel Hemingway. That one was not great, but anything with Michael Pere is better than a movie without Michael Pere. Body Parts, I talked about that. Blue Steel with Jamie Lee Curtis and Ron Silva. I guess Eric Red wrote that. He wrote Cohen and Tate. Uh, Near Dark, that was the vampire movie. Oh, I really liked that one. That was Catherine Bigelow. And Eric Red wrote that one, but Catherine Bigelow directed it. Uh, with Bill Paxson, Lance Henriksen, and everything. That was good. That was a good movie. Uh, let's see what body parts. Last Outlaw, was that Mickey Rourke? I did not like that movie. Yes. Uh, Jeffrey Murphy directed that, but Eric Red wrote it. Um, actually, the only... Th- I just did not like the casting. I didn't like Mickey Rourke, and I, I love Mickey Rourke, but I didn't like him in this movie. And um, I don't remember that much about it other than it was kind of a like almost like a Jesse James kind of a Western where uh, it's a bunch of outlaws riding together. And uh, Dermot Mulroney is a young guy and he looks up to this almost like a, I think the character would almost be like bloody Bill Anderson. Uh, the, you know, is a real um, uh, outlaw character and, um, and sort of almost like a, well, Josie Wales would have been somebody who was rode under Bill Anderson um, but then, um, Dermot Mulroney really looks up to Mickey Rourke's character, who's a Confederate, uh, who leads the group almost like a Jesse James kind of a character, or like I said, Bill Anderson. And, um, then he starts seeing that Mickey Rourke's character is like a psychopath and he starts like, you know, okay, this guy is a piece of shit and Mickey Rourke is a piece of shit. And, uh, you know. So anyway, it's not a bad movie. I've only seen it once, but I didn't really care for it. Uh, what else did Eric Red do? Okay, like I said, Jamie Lee Curtis and um, Kurgan and Clancy Brown and Ron Silver in uh, Blue Steel. That was a pretty good movie. That was another Catherine Bigelow. Catherine, did, were Catherine Bigelow and Eric Red like lovers or something? Because they sure as hell made some movies together. Let me look it up here. Uh, Eric Red. That's a cool name. He's from Pittsburgh, and he's not that much older than me. 
Uh, Eric Red. Let me look up uh, what his, if he was stooping. His name is Eric Joseph Derdollar. So he wasn't Eric Red. He just made that name up. Trivia. His spouses were Meredith Red and Taya Red. So he wasn't. Well, I don't know. Maybe they were friends. Maybe they were screwing. I don't know. Let's see what it says here. Eric picked up a creepy hitchhiker. Let's see. Hitcher was inspired by an actual incident in which Eric picked up a creepy hitchhiker while driving across the country in Texas. Next up was a beautiful, chilling, stylish vampire doozy near dark. Eric subsequently collaborated again with near dark director, Catherine Bigelow on the exciting blue steel. I like blue steel. I like Jamie Lee Curtis. She was a good looking lady, still a good looking lady. Uh, so they were kind of partners in, um, you know, making movies, I guess, there for a while. Uh, I like Catherine Bigelow. Deuce Bigelow. I wonder if they called her female Gigolo. <laughs> Hitcher and Hitchhiker, t- or Hitcher 2. My um, uncle, Bud, was a Marine. And apparently, I just remember them telling this story when we were little kids. And uh, he picked, this was back in the day when, you know, people picked up hitchhikers. And I guess he picked up a hitchhiker and uh the guy um oh what uh, i'm trying to think the guy he said something about where are you going or you know where can i drop you off or whatever and the guy said something kind of weird and then he said you know no he goes you know where where do i need to drop you off or where are you going and the guy pulled a like a switchblade out and uh, said, oh, I think we'll just go, you know, keep driving down the road. And the guy started cleaning his fingernails with the switchblade. And my Uncle Bud had his, um, like, service uh, um, 45, 1911 45, and, you know, pulled it out and told the guy to get the fuck out of the car. He pulled the gun on the guy. So that was kind of a cool story, you know. Uh, Untitled Gina Carano action thriller. Let's see, that's Eric Red is writing this. Uh, untitled Gina Carano action thriller. She's just, I I follow her. I I really liked her and I, and I liked her, some of her action movies and stuff. And uh, then, you know, she's a tinfoil hat wearing jackass. (laughs) I follow her on Twitter and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, you know, but I guess, you know, she's in the, a lot of the people that are in that MMA kind of a thing, that macho millet, you know, pro military macho, uh, you know, kick ass and take names and all this shit kind of a thing, kind of fall on that side of the fence. Eric Red directed and was one of the writers of a movie called No Man's Ridge, starring Dallas Page. I guess that's is that's Diamond Dallas Page. John Fallon is in this, and I think he's one of the writers. Yes, Meredith Red, which would be probably be Eric Red's wife. And it is a team of five heavily armed extreme hunters go into the remote Wyoming wilderness to bag Bigfoot, um, but find themselves outmanned against a relentless killing machine when they trespass on Sasquatch's turf. When the fuck is that coming out? That sounds great. <laughs> it doesn't have a, it, I guess, is it finished? Because it, uh, it doesn't have a date on it when it's really going to be released, or is it already out? Huh. There's not much about anything in here other than the synopsis. 
Maybe they're trying, and it's a uh, Bruise Productions and Joe Blow Productions and Line Drive Productions, three production companies, huh? And this guy Nick Presepe plays Bigfoot. Is he a big dude? Is he a Bigfoot? Uh, he was in The Purge, election year. That was pretty good. He was in Halloween. Did he play Michael Myers? Let me see. Uh, Halloween. Well, if he played Bigfoot, I imagine he probably played Michael Myers, I would think. Where's the cocksucker at here? Where you at, you cocksucker? This show's going to suck. <sighs> like all the rest of them. Um, the uh, memory foam things are working. I don't feel like I want to, you know, slash my head or something. Hatchet 2. Oh, he was just a hunter in that. I saw Hatch. I saw the Hatchet movies. They were pretty entertaining. Uh, they're low budget and everything, but they weren't bad. Emmanuel Through Time. Emmanuel Skin City. That sounds like a dirty movie. Uh, where is that? I thought it said he was in the Halloween. Okay. Wait, wait. I just went by it. Where was it at? Uh, oh, God damn it. I am, I'm going blind. Hatchet 2. All I want to see is if the fucker played Mike Myers and I went by it and now this has to be an ordeal. Tales of Halloween. Well, that's not Halloween. Was he in goddamn fucking Halloween or what? It says Rob Zombie's Halloween and the guy's name was Principe. Let's see. Let me just look at the Halloween thing. Who played Michael Myers in this? Tyler Maine. He was a wrestler. Okay. And he played Sabretooth in that first X-Men movie. William Forsyth was in that. Udo Kier. I saw this. This is Halloween. I saw this. <laughs> Danny Trejo. <laughs> Richard Lynch. Sherry Moon Zombie. Hot or not. Sherry Moon Zombie. Hot or not. Brad Dorff from West Virginia. Malcolm McDowell plays Loomis. Laurie Strode was Scout Taylor Compton. Was she hot? What else was she in? Halloween 1 and 2. She was in The Runaways. Did she? Oh, she played Lita Ford in The Runaways. American Crime, that was a nasty fucking movie. That was a true story, and it was a sickening true story with Elliot Page was in it. Uh, ugh, that was that, that whole real story. And there were two movies made about it. It was just nauseating what they did to that poor girl. Um, anyway, um, let's get off of Halloween. You guys don't like Halloween. You like the original, but you don't like that one. Then, um, I don't know this Prisipe. <laughs> it has it. I thought it says he's known for this Halloween movie, but then he doesn't play Michael Myers, so I don't care. But I would like to see the Diamond Dallas Page Bigfoot movie. So you put me down for that. Um, the Hitcher was good. Rutger Hauer was excellent in that. Uh, uh, fucking uh, C. Thomas Howell is such a douchebag in this. And uh, it's almost like you, you want to see Rutger Hauer just fuck with him. There was one scene in this where... Um, See Thomas Howe stops in this diner after Rutger Hauer's been fucking with him and his hair's all fucking messed up and he's real dirty and everything. And he looks like um, Chaka from Land of the Lost. 
And Rutger Hauer, when he's not paying attention, Rutger Hauer comes and just sits right down in the booth with him. And that's where they have the guns supposedly under the table pointing them at each other. And see Thomas Howe looks like such a fucking ugly goof. <laughs> His hair is all messed up and it's real bushy. <laughs> okay. I uh, watched Badlands from 1973. Uh, Terrence Malick written and directed starring Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek and Warren Oates. This is a great movie. Uh, everyone should watch it a lot, uh, but more than once. Watch it like a bunch of times. Um, and um, it's a good movie. It's a good story, good movie. Um, and uh, read some stuff about, um, not, Char- not Charles Whitman. It was, um, Charles Whitman was the guy that climbed the ta- Texas Towers. This is uh, based on Charles Starkweather. I'm sorry. And uh, Carol Ann Fugate, but the, uh, this was. Uh, let's see. Well, let's let's check out and see if um, Terrence Malick has anything coming up, because you know he did Badlands and he did um, um, the one with Richard Gere, um, Days of um, Farting. Um, what was that? Uh, Days of Heaven, and uh, he did a couple of movies, and then he just kind of he was more into like his, um, he must have had money. And then he was, he's really into photography and stuff. So he, for, for a long time, he didn't make any movies after he made days of heaven. Uh, he did badlands and days of heaven. And then he didn't do anything for a long time. Then he started making movies again. He did thin red line, which I thought was really good. It had Jesus in it and a whole all-star cast. Uh, Nick Nolte, John Travolta, Woody Harrelson, uh, Sean Penn. And, um, it was a, that's a good world war two movie. Um, the new world that was Christian Bale and, uh, what's his face? Uh, Colin Farrell. Uh, it's a good movie, but, uh, I've only seen it once. Um, Malik is known. It's, he makes pretty movies because, you know, he is such a, uh, you know, uh, into photography and stuff. Um, I just wanted to see if he had anything new coming out that would be really interesting. I did like um, Tree of Life. I thought that was excellent. And um, some people didn't like it. To the Wander. Who's in that? Ben Affleck, Olga Kurlyenko, and Javier Bardem. I didn't see this one. After falling in love in Paris, uh, Marina and Neil come to Oklahoma where problems arise. Their church... Their church's Spanish-born pastor, I guess that would be Javier Bardem, struggles with his faith while Neil encounters a woman from his childhood. And Neil would be Ben Affleck. Uh, Javier Bardem as Father Quintana. Olga Olga, Olga Kurlyenko is really super hot. I really think she's pretty. Rachel McAdams is also in this. This one is out. Uh, it's got like a 5.9 out of 10, so it didn't rate very well, but I've never heard of that one. Oh, Lordy. Let's see what else we have here from Malik. Uh, Night, the Knight of Cups. What was the one that he did with, um, what's his face? Magneto. I like that one. Christian Bale, uh, Kate Blanchett, and Natalie Portman. I think that's the one I'm talking about. A writer indulging in all the that Los Angeles and Las Vegas have to offer uh, undertakes a search for love and self 
uh, via a series of adventures with six different women. And that has Christian Bale, Kate Blanchett, Natalie Portman, Antonio Banderas, Wes Bentley, Brian Dennehy. Anybody else that I know? Jason Clark, who was in one of the Planet of the Apes movies. Um, I thought that one was pretty good. Snort. Is that the one I was thinking that... Uh, I thought that was... Uh, Magneto was in that. And uh, Natalie Portman was really hot. But uh, that might be another one that he did. Let's see. Snort, snort, snort. Giddy, goo, 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 goo. Schna, schna, schna. Factory. A Hidden Life. Who was in that? August Deal, Valerie Pochner, and Maria Simon. An Austrian, Franz Jagerstatten, a con the Austrian Franz Jagerstatten, a conscientious objector, refuses to fight for the Nazis in World War II. That one was 2019. Never heard of that one either. Anybody else in that one that's worth a shit? <laughs> I'm sure they all are, but I, it's no. But oh, I know Matthias uh, Matthias Schonarts. He was. Uh, I've seen him in a lot, several things. Michael Nivquist. Uh, he passed away. That might be the last thing he was in. Um, he was in um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. He played Blomqvist, Bruno Gans. See, I know these people. Yeah, this has got a pretty good cast. Uh, I have to find that one and see if I like it. Okay, let's get off of this, Malik. I'm starting to get tired. How long we've been? How long have I been babbling? Hour and thirteen. Snorty, snort, snort, snort. Oh, Jesus Christ, kill me! <laughs> oh man. Uh, Bob Wall passed away from Enter the Dragon. He played uh, Ohara in Enter the Dragon. He was also in several martial arts movies. Um. I really liked um, listening to some of his interviews on YouTube um, where he talks about Bruce Lee and about um, like uh, what's the fuckhead's name that um, said that he was in the Kumite and all that shit. Um, Frank Dukes. Frank Dukes went around talking a bunch of shit about stuff and and then Bob Wall uh, kind of has taken up for Bruce Lee, and even like the Quentin Tarantino movie Once Upon a Time in, uh, was it Once Upon a Time in L.A.? I, fuck, I haven't seen that movie in so long. I only saw it one time. But um, where they had the scene with uh, Brad Pitt's uh, character who was a uh, stuntman fighting with Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee's family and friends kind of got upset because they said Bruce would, they did not portray him the way Bruce was. Uh, but it was kind of a um, alternate reality movie. Um, but Bob Wall kind of spoke up about that too. Uh, I did read something where someone, and I don't know, I never looked into this that much after the fact, uh, but somebody put down something like that uh, Bob Wall was a nice guy as long as you didn't get involved in real estate with him or something to that effect, saying that maybe he kind of was involved in some shady shit. But again, I don't know anything about that. I don't know if it's even true or what. I'm just going from memory. It uh, looks like he played a lot of, um, of course, henchmen and uh, did stunts and things like that. Um, he was in Hero in the Terror with Chuck. A lot of those guys were all, you know, kind of friends and everything. Uh, Way of the Dragon, 
uh, Enter the Dragon, of course, he played Ohara. That was his, uh, to me, one of his most famous things. Mob Henchman in Black Belt Jones, which was a good movie. Game of Death, I watched recently, and it's it's really a good movie up until the point where Bruce got, you know, died, and they kind of had to do put the uh, guy who looked like Bruce in there and shoot him from angles, so you, you know, just to finish the movie. But it was still a good movie. Uh, Enter the Ninja, was that Franco, Franco Nero? Uh, yes, Franco Nero, Susan, Susan George. Uh, I, well, I watched that uh, documentary, uh, Django and Django, uh, that Quentin Tarantino did. Uh, and Franco Nero is in that. I like Susan George. She was such a cutie, and she was in a ton of shit. Her and Jennifer O'Neill, I said how Jennifer O'Neill was in so many movies and stuff back in the day. And uh, Susan George was in a lot of stuff, too. And uh, let's see, Walker, Texas Ranger. One thing about uh, Bob Wall, uh, rest in peace, of course, is uh, that when he got older, he really dyed his hair just as he was like 70, 80 years old and had just pitch black hair and that pitch black mustache, which kind of made him look like a a cross between Wayne Newton and um, Snidely Whiplash. Uh, But he seemed like a pretty, pretty good guy. You know, as far as his... um, as far as his interviews go, I mean, he might've been a piece of shit. I don't know. Uh, let's see what else was he in sidekicks. Uh, that was Chuck Norris, uh, kind of a more of a kid, kind of a movie. Like I think Chuck Norris was sort of like a Mr. Miyagi kind of a thing. Firewalker. Uh, he worked a lot with Chuck Norris. Firewalker was Chuck Norris and Lewis Gossett. Uh, my friend Fred really liked that movie. He thought it was really entertaining. Again, rest in peace to my friend Fred, uh, invasion USA. That was Chuck code of silence was Chuck. Uh, and it says uncredited, like he, he so he was kind of like a thug probably in all of these, um, hero in the terror. He played wall. <laughs> so that wasn't much of a stretch, but Bob wall passed away and he, you know, he was a pretty old dude. He was, uh, born in 1939, but I always liked him. I always remember him as playing O'Hara, the guy with the big scar on his face. Uh, and Bruce Lee said, boards don't hit back. Let's get off of Bob wall. He'd probably kick all of our asses. Do, do, do. Uh, there's a movie out called The Off, or it's coming out called The Offer, Off, Offer, O-F-F-E-R, uh, with Miles Teller and Juno Temple and a bunch of people. Uh, and this, Giovanni Rabisi, the uh, concept of this movie is uh, the making uh, when they were trying to get, uh, make the movie The Godfather. Um, Miles Teller plays Albert S. Ruddy. Uh, Matthew Good plays Robert Evans. Um, Giovanni Rabisi plays the mafioso Joe Colombo. Uh, Dan Fogler plays Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, Patrick Gallo plays Mario Puzo. Colin Hanks, Barry Lapidus. I don't know who that is. Lapinus. Uh, Frank John Hughes plays Frank Sinatra. Justin Chambers plays Marlon Brando. Uh, Lou Ferrigno plays Lenny Montana, uh, who was a former professional wrestler uh, who played Luca Brazzi. And so Lou Ferrigno will be playing Lenny Montana. That is cool casting right there. I like that. Uh, Let's see, who else do we have here playing anybody that's like Tommy Lucchese, who was a mafioso, is being played by Michael Rispoli. Yeah, of course, the head of the Lucchese family. Three fingers, Tommy Lucchese. Uh, Probably a lot of people playing... uh, uh, mafia guys because they, you know, had some problems with uh, using the term mafia and everything. And Joe Colombo had uh, 
come up with this um, um, Italian-American, uh, like, uh, you know, they have Black Lives Matter now. Well, he came up with an Italian-American thing that was sort of the same thing, except, of course, Joe Colombo was a fucking, you know, a moth, a godfather of, of, of the Colombo, you know, uh, mafia crime family. And um, so he was kind of doing that, saying, you know, all oh, these people are coming out of saying there's mafia, there is no mafia and everything. And he got all the Italian-Americans together, you know, saying, you know, they shouldn't put out movies, you know, because it makes all Italians look bad. Well, he was doing it as kind of cover because he was a fucking criminal and a mafia guy. So that movie looks like it would be interesting. Let's let's see. I'm about ready to quit. <laughs> I had some stuff on here that was more just stuff that I was looking at, but um, I'm going to get to a couple movies here that uh, I didn't include that I watched from last time, and then I'm going to shut it down because my neck's starting to hurt and everything. Um, let's see here. I watched a movie called um, The Bronze Buckaroo from 1939, and I think one of the one of the things about this movie was, of course, 1939. This was a sort of an important movie. It's a uh, an old school cowboy movie from back in the um, days of. I mean, this is a talkie, but it's still like you know, it's kind of a Tom Mix, Roy Rogers kind of a, a western. Um, but the thing about this was um, um, that the majority of the cast, I'd say about 80 percent of the cast, are African American, which was kind of a big thing uh, back in that time and even now. Um, it's been restored and everything and made like a, um, a uh, historical, you know, you know, movie or whatever. Uh, Cowboy Bob Blake, who is Herbert Jeffries, uh, and four friends ride to Arizona to help Be- uh, Betty Jackson, Artie, uh, who is Artie Young, uh, the sister of Bob's friend, Joe, uh, who has gone missing. And it was directed by Richard C. Kahn and written by Richard C. Kahn. Okay, let me look at it. Because like I said, when I started watching this, I didn't know anything about it. And I didn't know that it was like almost an all African-American cast. Um, Let's see if it has any. Let's see. Do you know? Nothing really there. Um, It was remastered and everything. I found it on that um, Kino Cult um, app that Ken, our friend, good friend, Ken, good friend of the show, uh, turned me on to, this is only like an hour long, but it, it's, it's pretty entertaining. You know, there are some stuff in it. Uh, there, there is some, st- uh, there is some stuff in it that is kind of like, eh, they never really, um, the way that it's done is they never really say anything about, uh, any of the characters being African-American. So they didn't really like have any, you know, that I remember like the white people saying, oh, you can't do this because you're whatever. Um, there is some silly stuff in it. It does have some, you know, kind of funny, almost like Three Stooges stuff, like kind of sense of humor stuff in it. Uh, it has some good action in it and everything. But like, again, you have to take into account it's uh, 1939. Herb Jeffries. I think one of the the, the uh, some of the people in it were in a musical group at the time, maybe because there is some singing and stuff in it. Um, let's see, he was in eighteen movies. I just wanted to look up some of his stuff here. Uh, did you know? 
He said uh, his personal quote was, let's see, it says personal quote. Most people come to this world by the stork. I came by Flamingo, and Duke Ellington delivered me. That's kind of cool. Um, what else? Cowboy star Buck Jones was very impressed by Jeffries. Uh, once tried to send him to South America and have him learn Spanish. Uh, his idea was that Jeffries uh, could acquire a new name and identity for Jones to produce a series of white uh, film westerns for him back in Hollywood, but Jeffries refused. So it's kind of cool. Like he was trying to help him out. And, you know, so it's almost like that movie, uh, it was called a uh, movie Long Gone uh, that took place, I think, in the 40s or 50s, a baseball movie with William Peterson and uh, Virginia Madsen. And um, their catcher was African American. And these, when they went down south to play, these people were like, oh, he can't play. He's a Negro. You know, he can't play uh, with white people and everything. And so they told him all that he was uh, Cuban. And then these dumbasses were like, oh, he's Cuban. Okay, he can play. You know, that's how stupid the people were, but it was, you know, probably true. Uh, he directed and produced Mundo Depravados, a cult classic nudie mystery comedy starring his then voluptuous exotic dancing wife, Tempest Storm. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, there's some pretty interesting stuff in here. Um, Herb's Cowboys, Herb's Cowboy wore all black duds and a white Stetson and rode a handsome steed, Stardusk. So he must have been like, he must have made um, several, like he's a, um, a pioneer of African-American cinema and uh, being an African-American um, uh, actor. Let's see, nicknames. Mr. Flamingo, Hobby, the Serpia Singing Cowboy, and the Bronze Buckaroo, which was the name of the movie. And again, this is a, it's, a, it's worth watching for historical sake, but it's an entertaining movie. Um, like I said, you just take into account the, the times it was made in and everything. Um, like, I wonder if they, have a, like, if, if they had a book about this guy. That would be kind of cool. There wasn't as much information. I thought there would be more information on here about the actual movie. Uh, I think you're, I'm going to have to look more into the specific people in the movie. The Four Tones, that was the uh, singing group that is in this movie. That is like his, um, the um, Herb Jeffries kind of dudes in the movie that ride with him. Um, but anyway... That's a pretty interesting movie if you want to watch it. The Bronze Buckaroos. I watched The Wanderers again, which is a great movie. Uh, Philip Kaufman was the director. It starred Ken Wall, Karen Allen. Uh, I've watched this movie so many times. Linda Manns, who I love. I always thought she was great. And sorry when she passed away. Uh, Dolph Sweet was really good in this. Uh, Erland Van Litt, who was Terror of the Baldies. And he was also in Stir Crazy uh, with Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder and in The Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think he was a wrestler um, back in, uh, like an amateur wrestler back in the day. And uh, uh, opera sing. He, he uh, could actually really sing opera. Uh, let's see here. The Wanderers is such a fucking funny movie and a good movie. It's on Kino Cult also. Uh, so if you want to check it out on there. I uh, watched Aliens uh, from 1986, which, you know, of course, talked about a million times. James Cameron written and directed. And a uh, story by Walter Hill with Sigourney Weaver, Michael Bean. Um, also, uh, Paul Reiser, Bill Paxton, Jeanette Goldstein. 
This is a really good movie. Of course, we've all seen it a million times. So much action. Uh, the, it still gets me when uh, Newt is in that pool of water and that goddamn big fucking alien tail and everything starts coming up out of the water. That is just like, ugh. Uh, great movie. It is awesome. I just wanted to watch it again because it's awesome. Bad James loves that movie. Um, I'm reading uh, some Harvey P. Carr um, graphic novels, American Splendor, uh, and uh, some of those uh, graphic novels. Um, and of course I watched, uh, they have a, a compilation of Harvey P. Carr's appearances on David Letterman on YouTube. And they're really fun to watch cause he doesn't take any shit from Dave and, uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, uh, all the stuff that he does. Uh, I like, um, how his graphic novels are laid out. They're just more or less like, you know, little short stories of stuff that actually happened to him. And, you know, you don't go into it expecting, it's just like little, little, things that happened. I mean, there's not necessarily like a, a big revelation or, a, you know, it'd be like one page is just him running into his buddy on the street or some guy that he was friends with. That's a mooch or, uh, you know, uh, standing in line at the grocery store and, you know, getting pissed off. And, uh, our crumb, uh, does most of the, um, if not all the, um, uh, artwork in these. And, um, there I watched the, uh, crumb, documentary again, which I, I own and I've watched a bunch of times. Crumb is a very interesting person and, uh, and I, I'm fascinated by him. Uh, there are times when he's talking and I think, you know, okay, he was this, you know, big nerdy guy and everything. And, and he kind of comes off with kind of a, kind of a obnoxious sort of, uh, uh, maybe a little bit of arrogance since he became famous and everything, but he, he kind of, uh, has, uh, there's a little, he's interesting, but there's also a little bit of an obnoxious, annoying kind of a, uh, personality that comes out. Uh, definitely some misogynistic stuff where, uh, crumb is concerned. Uh, but you know, I can, I can, you know, understand or deal with that or simple, not sympathize, but you know, where he's coming from and everything with, as far as that goes, I mean, times have changed and everything, but, uh, um, uh, I really like his stories and everything. Uh, and I like crumbs artwork and, and, uh, seeing the stuff about his brothers and his mother and everything and his, uh, women, uh, wives and women that he has, uh, got to know, hang out with that he's friends with and everything. And, um, so Picar and Crumb kind of go hand in hand, like peanut butter and jelly. Um, I started to watch American Splendor with um, uh, Paul Giamatti, but uh, I ended up doing something else. So I didn't. Get, I've I've seen it before, and it's a it's a good it's a really good movie. But the thing is, it's really well done, and I thought Paul Giamatti did a really good job in it and everything. Uh, but um, after watching Harvey Picar, like I said. Uh, and it's not just the David Letterman stuff. There's there's other um, Harvey P. Carr interviews with him and his wife uh, on YouTube. And after watching that and then, you know, going right to starting to watch American Splendor with uh, Giamatti, I was kind of like, eh, you know, I kind of like to keep it separate because even though Giamatti did such a good job, uh, you can almost watch those interviews as like a... Um, a documentary in themselves and nobody's going to be as good as the actual person. Uh, let's see here. And I'm going to finish it up. I watched, um, 
Kevin Costner movie. Um, okay. Well, I watched Hellboy again, the 2019 with uh, David Arbor and Mila Jovovich, Ian McShane. And I liked it again. I like Hellboy. Everything Hellboy I like. So fuck you guys. <laughs> Dragged Across Concrete. I watched that again. I thought that was a real, I thought it was a really good movie. It's very slow. Um, at the beginning, like maybe the first, geez, maybe even the first half of the movie is slow. And, uh, the, uh, I really like it when they start, uh, when it gets to the point where they start, um, surveilling, uh, the bad guy and sitting in the car and talking when they're on stakeout. And then it gets into the actual, you know, stake out and them following and doing the police procedural stuff and everything up until the climax at the end. But the first maybe like quarter of the movie I could actually do without. It's kind of, it, it's, it bores me. But um, I thought it was especially the end uh, with all the, the uh, there's an added part that just pops up uh, about halfway through the movie with a young girl, um, a young uh woman who is a new mother and it just pops up out of nowhere. And I've seen this before and it even took me by surprise. I'm like, okay, why are they going off on this? But then it's an important part, a very important and very effective part of the movie. Um, and then, like I said, when it gets to the end where all the shit goes down, um, it's definitely, I, I really liked it. Michael Jai, I forgot Michael Jai White was in it. Tori Kittles is really good in this. I want to look up some other stuff that he did, that he's been in, because I thought he was excellent. He was uh, equal to Mel Gibson and um, what's his face? He To me, he was almost more like the star of the fucking movie. Uh, very good actor. Uh, what else was he in? The Colony. I never watched that show. Uh, I see he was in a lot of TV stuff here. I see true detective. Okay. Was he, and that was the one season that I really, I don't think I really liked that much. The, the, was that the newest one? American heist with a big nose guy. (laughs) American heist. Uh, what the fuck's his name? I was just saying, telling somebody the other day, I really liked him. Um, Adrian Brody. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty good movie. Hayden Christensen and Adrian Adrian Brody. That was a pretty good movie. American Heist. Um, so this guy, Steel Magnolias TV movie, Sons of Anarchy. I watched the like the first few seasons of that, but uh, then I kind of let it go. He's been in a ton of shit. Paparazzi with that was Mel Gibson, wasn't it? Yeah, or no, Mel Gibson directed that one. That was uh, Cole Hauser. And Mel Gibson was in it for just like a brief thing. Phone booth, I think that was Colin Farrell. Uh, Tigerland, okay, that was Colin Farrell. Hmm. The Chameleon, was that? He was in that with Ellen Barkin and Fomka Johnson. An FBI agent is hot on the tracks of Friedrich Fourteen who had taken up the identity of a woman's long lost son, completely convincing the police and the boy's family of his identity. Okay. I saw that documentary about that. I didn't know they made a movie about it, but the documentary was really good. Um, so I might check that one out, but anyway, uh, back starting to hurt. So let's get uh, Olympus has fallen. He was in that. 
Uh, da, 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 da. I'll have to put a bookmark here because I want to look this dude up some more and see some more of his stuff because I did like him in Dragged Across Concrete. Uh, the Equalizer, the TV series, is that with uh, What's-Her-Face? Yeah, he's in that with uh, Queen Latifah. I don't know if that's any good or not, so I shouldn't say anything about it, whether it's good or not because I haven't watched it. Those Who Wish Me Dead... That was Angelina Jolie, Nicholas Holt, and Finn Little. A teenage murder witness finds uh, himself pursued by twin assassins in Montana wilderness with a survival expert tasked with protecting him. And a forest fire with uh, Howie Long isn't in that, but, you know, it's kind of weird. <gasps> Dig it. Let's get back here to the movies. Because there was two more. Uh, Let Him Go. From 2020, I finally caught up to that one. That is Diane Lane and Kevin Costner. And also, um, what the fuck's that dude's name? He's really, he's really good. Uh, Jeffrey uh, Donovan, um, who uh, he's a pretty good actor. I like him. Um, let's see. Callie Carter. Uh, it's mostly Kevin Costner and Diane Lane and uh, Jeffrey Donovan. Uh, he plays a real asshole in that. And... Um, um, Kevin Costner and Diane Lane. It's, it's, I think it takes place on like the fifties and it's like, uh, they live out on a farm and, and have horses and stuff. And, um, something happens to their grandson and they kind of go on like a, a thing where they're like, okay, we need to find him and protect him. It's pretty good. It, it, it's, uh, it's just, it's sort of like dragged across concrete where it kind of takes a while, like about three quarters of the movie, there's the buildup and then, you know, something's going to happen. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it was all right. Uh, Diane Lane is still, you know, good looking. I think she's like my age. Um, how old Kevin Costner is now? Kevin Costner. He's 10 years older than me, and I think Diane Lane is the same age as me. So I could have got her. I couldn't have got her. She was so hot when she was in uh, Rumblefish and The Outsiders and everything. 1965. Okay, she is actually uh, almost, well, about 11. Uh, no, 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 no. She is almost a year older than me, but we were born in the same year. She was born in January, and I was born in December. Snort, but that was an okay movie. It was all right. I like movies that take place in that time period. Uh, you know, like back in the in the um, you know uh, maybe the late forties or uh, the the in the fifties. Uh, let's see here. What was the other one that I watched? And then I'm gonna wrap it up. Noise making. Uh, I did watch Django and Django, uh, directed by Luca Ray. Uh, it's a movie about uh, uh, Sergio Corbucci, and uh, again, it had Franco Franco Nero and uh, Quentin Tarantino is interviewed. He kind of uh, carries the movie along because he is such a film nut and loves and knows all about all the. Spaghetti Westerns and Corbucci and Leone and all that stuff. Franco Nero is in it too. Uh, Ruggiero Diodato. Uh, wasn't he the guy that made the porn movies? 
Is he the guy that made the porn movies that was in the Linda Lovelace? Um, um, who played him in... I thought somebody played him in the Lovelace movie and it was and, and beat the shit out of Chuck Trainer. And wasn't that uh, uh, Diodato? Maybe it's not. Let me see. Let me see. Let me look up the Lovelace movie with what's her face. Lovelace. I might be thinking of another director. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me? A Mercedes Benz. Butchie Periano. Okay, that was based on... Or I know he had a different... The guy, the real guy, had a different name. Um... Fuck. God damn it. Son of a bitch. Um, deep throat. Did he do deep throat? He might not have done. He might not have done did. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, oh, maybe I'll go to the bathroom someday. Maybe not. Uh, the real Linda Lovelace and Mark Commode, Larry Flint, Linda Lovelace as herself, Harry Reams, Candido Royale, Annie Sprinkle, Tom Snyder. I remember him. I just watched uh, him do some interviews on YouTube. Chuck Trainer as himself. Uh, man, my neck hurts. Uh, Gloria Steinem. Who else we got here? Uh, the, the, um, whatchamacallit is grinding to a fucking halt. <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's see. Um, kill me now and I wouldn't blame you if you do. But you ought to thank me before I die for the gravel in your guts and the spit in the eye. Cause I'm the. <laughs> that named you Sue. Anyway, there was a famous uh, Italian uh, director who uh, made, uh, or was it an Italian, or did he have just an Italian name, but he made the porno movies, but he made good movies too. And I can't remember what the guy's name is. Anyway, I think that might be, let's see. Uh, I thought it was Diodato. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, Prisoner of Evil, Cannibal Holocaust, Trivia, Eli Roth, Snort, whatever. Who cares? I don't care. My neck hurts. My back fucking hurts. And I need to get fucking done here. Um, tonight, uh, Baki Hanma. I've been watching the new Baki Hanma uh, series on Netflix and Baki purposefully goes to prison so he can fight uh, Aliva, uh, who is based on the bodybuilder Sergio Aliva, and it's really good. I love the uh, uh, Baki. I watched the Baki series on Netflix and really like that, and now I'm watching the follow-up, which is Baki Hanma. 
I watched Black Hat uh, from 2015, first time watch uh, Michael Mann movie with Chris Hemsworth, Viola, uh, Viola Davis, and um, uh, Holt McCalney, who I really like. Um, and who's that one son of a bitch that plays one of the bad guys in this? He's a real uh, Richie Coster. He is really good at playing uh, sleazy, gross bad guys. Uh, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. I I passed on it for a long time. I like Michael Mann, but you know, I thought, eh, I didn't hear that much great stuff about it. Uh, and I thought, eh, Chris Hemsworth's kind of a you know big Barbie doll kind of a you know guy, but he did a good job. Um, and uh, I liked the story. It was a bit long, of course. It looked really good because Michael Mann uh, shooting it and everything. Um, but I I enjoyed it. Um, I had to stop it a couple times just because, you know, it was, it was kind of a lot, like I said, like a long movie. Um, but it has some really good action in it. Uh, the scene where the cops, um, uh, it's like the FBI, Viola Davis and, um, uh, Holt McElhaney, uh, and the, um, Hong Kong, uh, like, um, sort of the FBI people, they kind of are together and they go to the hideout of Richie Coster, uh, who is the main henchman of the bad guy. And, uh, they go in there to, um, to, um, you know, catch them at their hideout and they have a big firefight. And that was really, really well done. Of course, if you watch the movie heat, uh, you know, man knows how to do that kind of, uh, that kind of an action scene, but this one was really done in a smart way as far as the villains having, you know, expecting something like this to happen and having a plan. It's done really well. Uh, a lot of really good, uh, a really good shootout, really good firefight uh, action like that. And, and not just in that scene, but there were several other scenes where there's a lot of gunplay and stuff and some hand to hand shit um, that, that was fairly realistic too, which I liked. Uh, again, that was Black Hat with Chris Hemsworth and Viola Davis. Uh, I'm going to shut it down, um, Ben. This is, uh, let's see, uh, hour and 45. Uh, but anyway, like I said, I just wanted to cover some of the stuff that I had not covered from last time. Plus, you know, just doing the usual silver and gold, going off on IMDb and looking up stuff and everything. But I hope everybody's enjoying this. I know it's a mess. And like I said, it's just me kind of babbling on. But, uh, you know. Anyway, I'm going to get off here and go sit in my recliner and uh, let everything kind of go back in place and rest my back and my neck and all that shit. But anyway, thanks for hanging in there, pallies, and uh, talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye.